And uh, I just want to <clears throat> share with you a couple of things before we get right into the message. The greatest gift you can give to your family right now at Christmas time or any time is a healthy marriage. Uh, the greatest gift a kid could, the kids could give to their mom and dad is that their marriage would be healthy and mom and dad don't worry about it. Amen? The greatest gift you can give to your children that are still in, in the home is a healthy marriage. Do you realize when God created the perfect man and the perfect woman that he also gave the perfect design for marriage? He gave us an owner's manual like no other owner's manual in all the world. Let me just read it to you quickly. This is just by way of an announcement. Genesis chapter 2, two little verses, 24 and 25. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Do you realize in those two small verses that God gave us the design the perfect design for the perfect man and the perfect woman. Now, a lot of times because it's so brief, we don't take it serious. But let me ask you something. If God would have said, if you'll do these 183 things, you'll have a good marriage. Most of us would have never gotten married. Amen? Most of us would have said, there's no way that can be done. And, and this little, these two little verses, <clears throat> there are four what I call biblical laws in God's perfect design. Law number one is the law of priority. And he said here, leave his father and his mother. Then the law of pursuit, cleave unto his wife. And then the law of possessions, he said, and they shall be one flesh. And then the law of purity, and they were both naked, the man and the woman, and were not a shame. You see, the designer doesn't have a flaw. The design doesn't have a flaw. You say, then why do we see all of these flaws today? Because we do not follow the design. Now, I want you to know, and I'm really excited about this, but the first of the year here at Temple, uh, we're going to begin what we call marriage mentoring. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, some of you folks here, you have a passion about having good marriages and good homes, and we will train you and teach you. It's only five weeks, but we will help every person who wants to have a strong, healthy marriage. And so you, you, uh, you will either be contacted or maybe need to contact Brother Buchanan or Brother Dustin or, or Sister Belisa, and, uh, and we will train you. You'd say, boy, I'd love to help somebody but I don't know how to do it. Well, I tell you what, if you're willing to help them, we're willing to teach you. And I want to tell you one thing. Now, I, I needed to give you 50 illustrations. And when I just give you one, you tend to go to that age group. But can I, I, let me just give you one. But remember, <clears throat> you can help anybody if you've been down the road quite a bit longer than they have. You, you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to be married 50 years before you can help somebody that just got married. Are, are we Okay. But in our church back in Decatur Baptist, <clears throat> we had a young uh, had a young couple. We had a couple. He was chairman of my deacons for many many years, and I I attribute to God and to him the success we had all of those years. But he and his wife in their seventies, 
I still remember in a deacon's meeting one day when I talked about discipleship, he, he raised his hand and he said, Preacher, what in the world does that mean? But he and his wife in their 70s up and in, 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 then into their 80s until she lost her health, they had a waiting list of couples. Some had been married for six months. Some had been married for six years. We had some had been married for 26 years. They had a waiting list of couples that said, I don't care how long I wait, have to wait. I want them to mentor me. And I'm telling you, right up and, and, and until Miss Jelena lost her health, they had that waiting list of people who wanted help. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you something about marriage. Everybody needs some help. Amen? Now, today, I'm going to lay out the foundation that those four biblical principles are laid on, okay? Are you with me? Now, listen, I know I've got you standing, but stay with me just a minute. <clears throat> if you're here and you're single, let me tell you what, what the devil just told you. <laughs> Knew I shouldn't have come. Lord of mercy, I'm single. I don't need what he's saying. And if you're a young person here, you say, there it is again. A bunch of them old heads talking to, and they don't even think about us young people. Listen to me. If you're breathing, if your heart's beating today, what I'm going to say is for every person in this room. Now, there's some of you, the, devil, the devil's already said, man, we've been married 55 years, and we don't need any help now. Yes, you do, bud. Yes, you do. Probably more than you realize. Katie and I just celebrated 48 years of being married. And uh, she's my first wife. <clears throat> and uh, I pray that she will be my last one. Our prayer is that we will go to heaven together one day. Amen. And literally, our prayer, to, our prayer together is that, Lord, when you're done with us, take us. I mean, just take us out of here. Somebody say, oh, was it tragic what happened to them? No, it wasn't tragic. Man, and just a quicker route to get to glory. Amen? So today we're going to talk about the foundation. This is the foundation that you build on, okay? Let me let you just be seated now. I've had you stand up way too long, way too long. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, now here's the foundation. Watch it with me. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10 and verse number 4, look at what the Bible said. And they all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was who? Now let me ask you something. Who is the rock? Now you know we hear about marriages on the rock, but you know what? We need to have some marriage, uh, marriages that are built on the rock. Amen? Amen? Now listen to what he says in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. In John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, he said, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come and drink. And then look what he says in verse number 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Do you know what Jesus just said? Man, if you are thirsty, I'm the water you need to be drinking of. Amen? He said to the woman of the well, hey, let me tell you something, sweetheart. You take a bucket of me home, you'll never have to come and get water anymore. 
Then listen to what he says in John chapter 6, verse number 35. John 6 and verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the what? Bread of life. He that cometh to me shall what? Never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am the rock. And if you will build on me, I will take care of every need you will ever have. I'll meet every need that ever comes into your life. I am your sustainer. I am your God. Now, Everybody here wants a successful marriage. Amen? I'll be honest with you. I've been performing marriage ceremonies for a long, long time. I've never had a young couple during marriage counseling said, Now, preacher, here's what we're thinking. We want to get married and have a fantastic honeymoon. And then about four or five months into it, we know we're going to start having a lot of problems. And uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just chug along from about four months on up to 12 months and have our problems. And then after 12 months, we'll start looking maybe at getting out of this thing. I mean, how do we do it? How do we, how do we get a divorce and get out of this thing, you know? And, and uh, we, we realize this is only a temporary move, uh, temporary decision. And, uh, but, but, you know, the first four months will be pretty good, I guess. And then after that, we'll just survive like everybody else. And then after that, we get good lawyers. And good lawyers settle everything in court for us. And then, uh, and then we go on about our way. And we'll find another one and have a good first four months. And then say, I never have that. Young couple sitting over there holding hands saying, we want to grow old together. We want to live our life together. Amen. Now, if you want a successful marriage, and I I don't mean to sound spooky right here, but I can tell you right now, I I, I, I can predict if you'll have a successful marriage. If you're married or you're single or you're a teenager. You're the girls that told me you're already married, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, she did, yeah. I can predict your marriage by how you answer one question today. Literally by how you answer. Let me just stop and say, do you realize how simple God made everything? God didn't make things. Now, now God, God in his creation, it, so many things are complex. But when it comes to how we live life, God made everything so very simple. Amen? So how you answer one question will determine, I literally determine how a marriage today or one day will work out for you. You say, Brother Doug, then what is the question? Here it is. Who meets your deepest needs in your life. What I mean by that is simply this. On a daily basis, who do you rely on the most and whom do you go to first to meet your deepest needs? Now, when I say deepest needs, I'm talking about needs that transcend the physical and go deep into one's heart and soul. I mean, the thing inside that makes us tick and live every day. Who do you go to to meet that need? There's four things they tell us, and I believe it with all my heart, four basic needs of all human beings. Every one of us in here, even some of you that are not only but half human, you, need, you still need these four things. Here they are. Number one, 
acceptance. Every one of us need to know that we are loved and needed by others. We need to know that we're loved and needed. The second one is identity. Every one of us need to know that we are individually significant and special. Number three, security. Every one of us need to know that we are well protected and provided for. And number four, purpose. Every one of us need to know that we have a reason to be alive. Now, whether you're conscious of this or not, listen to me. We are motivated every single day of our life by these four needs that we have. Now, now, now let me say this. this. These are not four wants. These are not four I hope I get. These are four things I have to have. And you have to have. Are you listening to me? And because we have to have them, we will go to unbelievable limits to get them or to think we're getting them. I mean, we have to have acceptance and identity. We have to know we're loved and needed. We have to know that we're significant and special. We have to know that we're protected and provided for. And we have to know that we have a reason to live. I have to have it. You have to have it. Look over at somebody and say, I have to have all four of those. Now, are you agreeing with me? Huh? Are you agreeing with me? Now, watch the second thing. The resources. We seek to fulfill these needs. These four things, resources, what what do we turn to to get these things fulfilled in our life? Ourselves. Some people try to do it themselves. I'm my own creator. I'm my own man. Some of their spouses. Man, when I get married, I'm going to have somebody that loves me and needs me. When I get married, I'm going to have somebody that believes I'm special. I'm going to have somebody that protects me and provides for me. I'm going to have somebody that gives me my reason to get up every day and live. Friends. Oh boy, if I can get if I if I can have the right friends, I'll have these things or children. Oh man, man, our children, boy, our, our children, man, they're just gonna they're gonna love us unconditionally. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh right there. My job, my career. Man, I've been educated in the best school. I've got, I've got the credentials. I've got the dream job. And that job's going to, man, that job's going to just let me know that I'm loved and needed. That job's going to give me uh, uh, individual significance. And people will know how special I am. That job's going to protect me and provide for me. Boy, that job's going to give me my reason to get up and live every day. Some people even look to their church and pastor to meet those needs. Some people look to their parents to meet those needs. Some people look to money and possessions. I'm telling you right now, if we just had the money, man, if we had the money. You got the money, honey, I got the time. I can't say the last part of that that song. Some people go to a combination of the two or more of these to find those needs and then some folks 
go to God to meet those needs. Now listen to me. If your answer was God, that's the right answer. I promise you, only God can meet your deepest needs. I promise you, only God can give you the acceptance, the security, the identity, and the purpose of life. Only God can give you that. And if you look to anyone or anything other than God, you're disappointed. You're disappointed. You see, only Jesus has the ability to give us that spiritual drink and to give us that spiritual food that satisfies our deepest inward needs. And if you're seeking in marriage or anything in this life to meet that need other than Christ, you're going to be disillusioned, disenchanted, and disappointed. Many people get married thinking that Boy, when, when I get married, wow, that'll be my answer to answer for fulfillment in life. And boy, is that not true. Not true. Not true. You see, and every one of us, now watch what I'm about to tell you. And every one of us, you can't see it, but it's there. There's a Jesus hope. There's a hole in you, man. I'm telling you. There's a hole in you, and it's a Jesus hole. And only Jesus can fill that hole and bring you what you need to meet your deepest need. But you know what? You can fill that hole with your job, but you'll be dissatisfied. You can fill it with your marriage, but you'll be dissatisfied. Fill it with your kids, and you'll really be disenchanted. But if you fill it with Jesus, Jesus is who I go to. As the psalmist said, early will I seek thee. In the time of trouble will I call upon the Lord. When when Jesus is in that Jesus hole and you're looking to Jesus to meet every need, the deepest need of your life, then you will be fulfilled because he is the one that can meet it. Now, let's look at number three, what most people seek. And this is just coming back and giving a little bit of more commentary to what we talked about. As I said a moment ago, the danger of thinking, boy, when I, when I find that right man, that right woman, whoo, man, they're going to just fulfill every need I have. Man, my life is going to be complete. And boy, are you disappointed. Amen? Hello? Extremely disappointed. And children. (laughs) I tell you what, we're going to have children. When we have children, our life is going to be complete. Sweetheart, can I tell you something? When you had children, you just complicated your life. Before children, B.C., before children, in our marriage, life was wonderful. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I came home from work. I worked, a, I worked a 3 to 11 shift, and I came home from work, and she was waiting on me all, all dressed up, and we went out on the town, and, and you know, man, we just, woo, 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 woo. And then we have children. 
And let me tell you something about them. They are the gift that keeps on taking and taking and taking. You know, there's some of the young, young, young girls especially have the idea, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have me a baby. And that baby will love me unconditionally. Sweetheart, let me tell you a secret. That baby will take all of your love and give you very little, if any, back. And most of us as that are older now to understand, most of us only start getting some of that love back after they become adults. And if we got lucky enough and blessed enough of the Lord that they woke up somewhere in adult life and realized just what all we've done for them to get where they are, they started giving back. But you know, there's some of you right now, you've got adult children that still don't give you any love back. And that job, oh my soul, my soul, my soul. We become workaholics, man alive. Only to find they can get rid of you that quick. I mean, you can be replaced in a New York second, and that's quick. That's quick. And then I, I've got it in your notes called locations, but let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. Different environments. Well, we have this idea, if I can just get some different environments, different things in my life, then that will meet the needs of my life. No, oh, if I can get, oh, if we could get a different house. If we get a bigger house. Let me tell you something about a bigger house. Bigger payments. Bigger maintenance. Bigger work. Amen? And you're struggling like crazy right now to make it financially, and you wanted something bigger? Oh, we, we, again, this idea of, of, of new and different environments. That new baby. And as I said a moment ago, that new baby. Woo, mercy me. I, you know, I look at it now and just shake my head. Thank God he's smart. You know, God's pretty smart, isn't he? Do you ever notice he put a pecan in a tree and a watermelon on the ground? Think about that for a moment. And he, <laughs> you, know, you know what scares me? Some of you still hadn't got that yet. Our God knows what he's doing. And he gives them babies to them when they're young and can live off of two hours sleep a day. We get that new baby. We get that new car. It's always it's something new, something new. And all, all of these diversions, none of it ever satisfies. You know why? We're trying to fill up the Jesus hole. And only Jesus can fill that hole. Only Jesus can fill it. If you want a successful marriage, you've got to understand there's no, no, no human being, no human being can meet your deepest needs that only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do it. I, you say, well, I'll tell you what, they're, they're spiritual, Brother Doug. I'm telling you, you just don't understand how spiritual he is. You don't under, understand how spiritual she is. Well, maybe I don't. But let me what I, tell you what I do understand. They are mortal. And they are limited. And because they are mortal and limited, there's only so much they can do. There's only so much you can count on them. And if you're looking for them to meet that need, you're headed for disaster like crazy. You're going to be disappointed. 
He entered into marriage with an unrealistic expectation. I'm telling you right now, if, if I could say the one thing that's destroyed marriages, it would be unrealistic expectations. You know, Katie and I just celebrated 48 years, and I thank God for that. But you know, there's some things Katie cannot do for me. There's needs she cannot meet that I have in my life. She is not my source of satisfaction. She is not my source of fulfillment. She is not the reason I wake up every day with a spring in my feet and and a step in my feet. She's not that reason. Now, I thank God for her, but she can't do that. And I can't do it for her. But if she expects that from me, and I expect it from her, we are disenchanted, disappointed, and we're heading for divorce. You see, when you don't allow God to meet your deepest needs, listen to what I'm about to say. Listen to this. When you don't allow God to meet your your deepest needs, you automatically, listen to that word, you automatically transfer that expectation for fulfillment to the person who's the closest to you. When you don't let God be God, you all of a sudden transfer, automatically transfer that expectation to that one that's the closest to you. And they can't meet it. They can't do it. They can't do it. You see, only God can give you that reason to live the joy of life. Only God can give you the reason why you want to come home at night. Now, if I said to you today, today, money can't fulfill you, all of you would agree. Am I right? But let me tell you something. Your wife, your spouse can't fulfill you either. Are you listening to me? They can't fulfill you either. And, you know, and, and by the way, this unrealistic expectation, it starts when you start dating. Can I die? Can, can I just... Run a rabbit for a moment. Can I run a rabbit? You know, I, uh, you, you young people. Man, when, when you date, be real. I, I've, I've, had, I've had people that uh, come into the marriage counseling. How long have you been dating? They tell me how long. So how long you, you, how many fights you had? Well, you've never had a fight. I want to look over and say, which one of you are dead? And you're on the date, and he says, you want to go eat Mexican? Oh, yeah, and you hate Mexican food. And you pick around, and he said, you oh, I wasn't hungry. You know what you are? You're, you're, you've already started with unrealistic expectations. You're not being honest with each other. You know, sometimes, you, you know, sometimes a good fight is just a good fight. To be honest, we, we disagree. And, and by the way, if you've never had a fight while dating, when you got married, you had one. And when you had one, you were blown away. What in the world has happened? Let me tell you, life has happened. 
life has happened. Number five. Excuse me. Number four. When you transfer this expectation to anyone or anything other than God, there's three problems that are created. Let me get them. They're all in your notes. I want you to take this home. And I'm telling you, you need to hang on to this and live on. And if you didn't pick up notes on your way in, get one on your way out. Okay? These are all in your notes. You will, here it is. You will always be disappointed with the results no matter how well things are going. <laughs> when you transfer that expectation, you will always be disappointed with the results no matter how well things are going. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times I've had a man call me or a wife call me and say, Pastor, my husband and my wife just said, I want a divorce. I want out. And I thought things were going so well. I didn't see this thing coming. You know, everything can be going well. Everything can be going well, but if you are expecting them to give to you what only God can give you, you're eventually going to explode, and it will happen. Let me just ask you a question. Being dead honest this morning, how many of us have seen a couple that are getting a divorce, and you found out she's leaving him or he's leaving her, and you said to yourself, good night. Why would he ever want to divorce her? Come on now. Why in the world would she ever want to get rid of him? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Let me give you number, uh, number two. You will lack the inner resources to love other people. And you will not be able to confront life successfully. Man, if you don't depend on Jesus, you, you can't love people on your own. And let me tell you something about life. Life is too difficult. If you've not figured it out yet, let me tell you something. Life is hard. Amen? I can't do it. I can't, I, I, I can't handle the burden. I can't handle the pressure of life. I have to have help. And only God can give you that help. You know, the Bible says that the good man's steps are ordered every day of the Lord. One of my daily prayers is, Lord, order my steps today. Why do I want God to order my steps? Because life is too complicated. Man, I want, I want to know if I'm going to step off of a cliff, I want to know God picked out the cliff. Amen? I want to know he is in charge. And my burdens are too heavy and your burdens are too heavy. Number three, you almost always, now listen to this, you almost always will be hurt and offended eventually by the one in whom you invested all your trust because they cannot possibly meet your deepest need. It won't be but a matter of time. And you'll be so hurt and disappointed in your spouse You'll blame them for every problem that you have. Talk to me now. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a bad hair day? How many of you know what a bad hair day is? How many of you have ever, ever got up on the wrong side of the bed? How, how many of you, you know, you, you go to work and you're just mad at everything and everybody? 
I mean, you're just mean. You're just, just out and right. You're just mean. You say, I don't know what's wrong with me. Can I tell you what's wrong with you? You expected someone or something to meet your inner need that only God could meet. Only God can calm you down. Only God can fix your hair. Only God can get you up on the right side of the bed. Only God can do that. Nobody else can do it for you. And how many times have, have, have you looked to your spouse to do something for you that morning and they missed it? They missed whatever you were trying to say to them and you have a horrible day all day long because you're upset. And the reality is they missed it simply because they're just like you. They're human. They're human. Number five. Let me give you a confirmation of failure through the scripture. Let me just tell you what the Bible says. Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. If you're trusting in you, you're just pure dumb. I mean dumb. You say, well, I don't think you ought to call anybody a fool. God can call you anything he wants to call you. He's God. And he said, you're a fool. Now, look, look at Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. You know what he just said? If you're expecting your spouse, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, you're expecting any human being to meet your deepest needs, he just said right here, you're cursed. What he simply means is, is you've already failed before you started. You've already lost before you got into the game. And then look at what he says. The next part. And maketh flesh his arm. Man, if you're leaning on anything that has flesh to it, you're going to fall. Amen? You're going to fall. Now, let me me tell you. And and listen, I'm just a very simple guy. But I do know some things about life. Men and women are like cars. Now for some of you that just got part of that, let me say it again. Men and women are like cars. Come in different models. Different shapes. Different colors. Amen. But when you raise the hood, they're all alike. Under the hood, we're all alike. Under the hood. You raise that hood. There's a motor in there, and that motor's got to have, you got to do certain things for that motor to work. Isn't that right? Now, we live in a day and time where you can trade your old model for a new model. And you only pay the difference in alimony. One guy said, I was wealthy five wives ago. <clears throat> you can trade for a new model. But let me tell you something about a new model. That shiny new model. That shapely new model. That different style new model. When you raise the hood, she's just like the old model. She's got the same problems the old model had. He's got the same problems the old model had. Are you listening to me? When you raise the hood, the same problems are still there. You hear, you hear some woman say, I, I tell you what, I've met the man of my dreams. He is so sensitive. 
Oh, he's so sensitive. He, he watches movies with me. He's so sensitive. I found the man of my dreams. You just hadn't raised the hood yet, honey. <laughs> and I love, I love hearing God say, man, I have found the gal. She likes to hunt. She's got a deer rifle. She likes deer hunting. She likes to fish. <laughs> she not only likes to fish, she's got a boat. 250 horse motor on it. <laughs> she's got a good pickup truck too. I, I found that woman. You, you just hadn't raised the hood yet. When you raise the hood, we're all just alike. You say, the brother Doug, what do we need to do? You've got to learn how to work what's under the hood. You know what blows me away? Is how hard you have to study to get a driver's license and how easy it is to get a marriage license. They say, well, we want you to learn how to drive because you'll kill somebody. Let me tell you something. If you don't learn how to be married, you're going to kill a multitude of people. And you're going to hurt them in ways far greater than physical death. You need to be learning, constantly learning, 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 learning. You know, probably one of the greatest uh, assets and probably one of the greatest liabilities of, of my life for 34 years as pastor at Decatur Baptist was transparency. I tell our folks that my wife and I went to marriage counseling. And we've gone to marriage counseling on several occasions. And we go in and the counselor says, well, tell me about your, your mama and your daddy. Whoa. Do you see mom and dad anywhere in this room? For $125 an hour, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with us, and you're going to tell me what books we need to start reading to get better. You see, you only learn, and you only, excuse me, you only change when you learn enough to change, or you hurt enough to change. So what books, listen, at $125 an hour, we're not going to talk about my mom and daddy. They're not in the room. And I've shared with our people time and time again, we've had to go to marriage counseling down through the years. Well, I know, bless your heart. You think it just happened. I mean, it just happened. I mean, we just, we're just, we're just that perfect couple and we're just, everything's wonderful and we just, all no. You have to work at it. You have to find out what's under the hood and how that thing works and what kind of gas you need to put in it and how do you change the oil in it and how you, how you make sure it's running right and keep it tuned up. Are you listening to me? Well, if you meet the right one, it just automatically happens. Sweetheart, you're living in la-la land. When you meet the right one, but matter of fact, when you meet the right, 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 right one, you've got to work at it until the day you die. I just preached the funeral of a couple in our church. She is 87, he's, he's 90. And I remember back years ago when we started doing marriage retreats, you know who was one of the first couples that signed up for marriage retreat? That couple. Married for 50 years, signing up for marriage retreats. You know why? 
They're still working on learning what's under the hood. They're still working on it. They're still working at it. Let me move on. Note the results of expecting people to meet your deepest needs. Your inner security is dependent upon someone. Well, let me let me, let me go. I, 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 I missed one. Let me just give it to you quickly. Look at the confirmation of trusting Christ to meet your needs. Look at what he said in Jeremiah 17, 8. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is the, the, Lord, the Lord is. Listen to Psalms 125, 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. Proverbs 29, 5. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Does that sound like God had that figured out for us? Now the results of expecting people to meet your needs. Here they are. Your inner security is dependent upon someone or something that cannot, you cannot predict or control and whose resources are limited. You know, you would never do that. You'd never do that in life, but yet we do it all the time in a marriage. We do it all the time. Your ability to give is dependent upon your ability to get from others. And listen, others may not give to you. But God will. God will. Your life is filled with an atmosphere of disappointment and frustration. You know why? Because you expected something other than God to meet your needs. And number four, your unrealistic expectations of others creates a negative atmosphere of tension in your relationships. And you know what happens? You begin to push the very people who love you away. Number seven, number eight. Now, you thought Brother Malcolm had some long notes. These are long notes, but they're written down for you. I hope you'll go home and use them. The results of trusting God to meet your deepest needs. Now, watch this. Watch this, and we're bringing it to a close. Your inner security and strength are dependent upon God, and God is totally faithful and unlimited. Doesn't that make sense? Man, I, I, I'm dependent on God. And then number two here. Your ability to give overflows from your inner resource available to you, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Man, what, you, what I, I'm, I'm able to give because I'm receiving from someone who has unlimited resources. Number three, your life is filled with an atmosphere of blessings and satisfaction and optimism. How many of us know what it is? You begin the day with God and it doesn't matter what you're confronted. There's a peace inside of you. Amen? And number four, your realistic expectations of others draw you closer together with them as you love and give to them of yourself. Guys, when you understand, man, we're all just sinners saved by grace. You know, I'm married to a beautiful woman, but she's a sinner. She's married to a handsome man, but he's a sinner. We've got beautiful children, but they're all sinners. And I'm telling you, the only one that can meet every need that we have is the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we respond? Listen closely, and I'll bring it to a close. How do we respond? Number one, here's how we respond today. We ask God to forgive us of the sin of rejecting Him from meeting our deepest needs. You see, you think it's only a sin when you've got beer in your ice box and Jack Daniels in your, in, in, in your cabinet and... It's only a sin when you're doing such and such things. But let me tell you something. When you put anything before God, when you try to have anything other than God meeting your deepest needs, that's idolatry, and that is a sin. Number two, 
repent to God and to each other for unrealistic expectations. Do you know what might be the greatest thing that could ever happen to some of you married folks today? Well, on your way out of church today, on your way to the restaurant or on your way home, you looked over at one another and said, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? I have had unrealistic expectations from you. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? I've been looking to you to meet my inner needs, and only God can do that. Would you forgive me? Number three, transfer your expectations to Jesus. Why? He's got the resources, and he'll never disappoint you. Why would you not? Hey, choose the winning team. Amen? Choose the winner. Choose the right one. And then and only then will you have the successful marriage. So let's close it out today. and Just, just look at me. And I'm watching my time. But look at me just a moment. All over this house today, you know I'm telling you what's right. We have four basic needs. And they are needs. They're, they're not wants. They're needs. I, I've got to have them. I've got to have them. But only God can meet all four of those needs. Only God can do it. And if I'm looking to anyone or anything other than God, I'm, I'm one disappointed dude. Amen? I'm disappointed. You're disappointed. And we need to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for trying to trust anything to meet my deepest needs, but your son, Jesus Christ. God, you put the Jesus hole in me when you created me and forgive me of letting anything else get in that hole except your son, Jesus. And I'm going to put Jesus in that hole. And I'm not going to expect the job and my wife and my children and, and environments and I got something new and I'm here and that. I'm not going to expect anything else but you, Lord Jesus to meet the deepest needs of my life.